Hey, I'm Alicia Bake. I'm Jen Greenfield. And I'm Jen Tifoni. VO Booth Besties listen to the questions you have. We find pros in the know to help you learn. And connect with our amazing VO community. Welcome, Welcome to, to VO, VO Booth, Booth Besties. Besties. everyone. Welcome to VO Booth Besties. We're here to help working voice actors get your most important questions answered by industry pros who know. Each week we have a new topic and a guest speaker who is an expert on that topic. To stay up to date on our upcoming schedule, you'll want to be part of our weekly email list. Swing by boothbesties.com and shoot us a message with your email and we'll get you added. And if you haven't joined our VO Booth Besties Facebook group, Join us there too. As usual, if you have a question as the interview goes on, simply drop it into our chat and we'll do our best to fit it in. Now, without further ado, let's meet our guest. Jody Kringle is a Toronto-based voice actor who works with major brands all over the world, including Dell, BBVA, HGTV, Nespresso, and Kraft. She's been heard in thousands of your favorite commercials and on your favorite brand websites too. On her podcast, Audio Branding, she and her guests offer advice on making an impact with sound and how sound influences us, both in our buying decisions and our daily lives. Being a sought-after voice over talent, Jody understands the power of sound. Follow her on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Clubhouse, and you can also swing by her website, voiceoversandvocals.com. Over to you, JT. Thank you very much. Hey, Jody. So glad you're here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> well, before we dig in, um, I want to know a little bit more about your background and how you got started in voiceover. Ooh, um, well, I <laughs> I called in when I was 11 years old to talk radio <laughs> uh, because I was 11 and I thought I had things to say. So, you know, <laughs> as we do. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they indulged me or in particular, the host indulged me for a number of years. And then everything stopped and disappeared and etc. And I moved on with life. And then I had the opportunity to volunteer my time at the CNIB, which is the Canadian National Institute for the Blind. And I was reading books on to tape really what I was doing was reading magazine articles on to tape, which was actually reel to reel tape at the time. <laughs> this was 95, 96. So uh, yeah, so that I did for a little bit. And then after that, I went along my weary, merry way and did my internet marketing and SEO stuff. <laughs> and, uh, and 2007, I just got so bored. <laughs> so bored. <laughs> um, Google was it. That was when there were no other search engines that mattered. And I I was done. I was so done. <laughs> so I had been putting this off and putting it off. And I just decided, okay, now's the time. I'm, I, I'm getting the kick in the pants I need to just go and do it. And I went and did it. And at, in 2007, it was a very different environment than it is now. <laughs> so, sure. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just did the best I could. And, yeah, I've really enjoyed where it's taken me. <laughs> yeah, I also started in 2007. I came from radio and put a studio in the house in 2007. And here we are. Um, now, what prompted you to start the Power of Sound podcast? 
Uh, well, the the podcast is actually called Audio Branding. So right, I'm sorry. It's okay. That's okay. The, the clubhouse the, is the power of sound. The, yeah, the clubhouse is the power of sound. So the the podcast I started because I was a member of a business mastermind actually that had nothing to do with voiceover. I was the only person who was in voiceover in the business mastermind, and all of them were creating podcasts. And the fellow who was leading the membership basically said, well, if you want to get anything out there, podcasting is the way to do it. That is, that's it. This was in 2018, I believe, when we were having this discussion. And it took me a little bit because I really was, uh, I'd had a songwriting website at the very beginning of the web in general, like in 95, and it lasted until 2016. So it was this big, wow. huge behemoth of a thing that I took care of for a really, really long time it was called the Muses Muse. And it worked really well for a long time, but it never really made a lot of money. And it was a lot of administrative hassle. And there was a lot that went into it. And I was doing it all by myself. And so I was thinking, okay, do I want to take on another thing that it's going to be like that. Like, do I really want to do that? <laughs> and so I resisted for a really long time, tried doing a blog, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. But nothing was really getting any traction. And I started doing a podcast because they urged me to uh, in the summer of 2019. And I only had 30 episodes. It was called Jody's Silver Linings. It was this, you know, popular wisdom because I'm older and maybe <laughs> I've learned a couple of things. I don't know. Uh, it was just, yeah. And it really didn't, it was, um, it, it was for creatives. It was sort of like, like self-care for creatives was kind of my subtitle for it. And it was okay. It wasn't great, but it gave me the intro I needed to be able to figure out, um, what to do in regards to starting a podcast. What, what's the, what are the things you need to know to start a podcast? And so I started a podcast after that in November of 2019 that had a little more to do with what I do <laughs> because when I was doing the other podcast, I got asked to be a life coach and <laughs> Because, well, because when people, when you put a podcast out there, people assume you have a, an area of expertise in what you're talking about, right? So I, that was not where I wanted to go with that. <laughs> so it was clear I needed to change the focus. So I came up with the idea of a podcast that focused on the power of sound called audio branding, because that's kind of what we do. If we're working in advertising and marketing and branding, we provide the audio brand in the voice portion that's going towards that company's image outside there. And I wanted to talk with our clients. I didn't want to talk with my fellow voice talent as lovely as that is and as thrilled as I am to be here right now. <laughs> um, the podcast focuses on the people who hire us and helping them explain to their clients why what we do and what anyone does in sound is important to their bottom line, why they should pay attention to it. Because like you and everyone else, I'm sure you've been in conversations or been in email threads where you're the icing on the cake, you're the bow on the present, you're the last thing they think about, you're tacked on at the end. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't really pay any attention to it. And, you know, that's not how this should be. <laughs> so I wanted to help educate both our clients and the casting, you know, who who 
can now have fodder to explain to their clients why they should be thinking about this earlier than maybe they are. All right. Well, you kind of answered our first question about what is audio <laughs> branding and why is it oh. Ah, okay. There's a lot more to it than what we do, but yeah. <laughs> um, we're the voiceover elements of that. So audio branding in its entirety is this big umbrella of anything sound related that a company puts out there. So it could be their on hold music. It could mm -hmm. be the music they use behind their videos. It could be the sound effects. It could be the branded sounds in the item they're putting out there, like the sounds the kettle makes when it's boiling or when your washing machine is finished with its cycle. You know what I mean? Like there's all sorts of all sorts of things in cars. This can mean the sound of the vehicle itself because electric cars need to have a sound legally in order to be able to be on the road. <laughs> and you could brand that sound and make sure it specifically sounds like your brand of car. And then inside the car, there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into the sounds of the car inside to al alert you and let you know what's going on and and it's a huge umbrella of stuff. And voiceover is just one aspect. <laughs> so I think it's important that, and you, you did this, but I want just for the folks listening, it's not just a jingle. The oh, no. Jingle, exactly. The, and I think some people kind of go there. They're where they're like, oh, yeah, I know what the, uh, you know, just literally pick any brand. Jingle is still not, it is part and parcel, but it is still not what you're talking about. And I think just like in voiceover where we can go to a place of like, there's so many areas that voice is that we don't think about, or we don't even realize, but to your point, there's sounds in so many, you know, when the computer used to turn on, what was the one where it would go? Bring, you yeah, know, whatever. That's a branded sound. That's definitely. a branded sound. And I, so yep. when I, I know when I first got introduced to you and I was watching you do other interviews and um, you would share articles about it, that Jen Greenfield, not my voice, but could have a sound. And that, and I was like, Oh, I, that's a really, really cool um thing to think about, you know, just again, mm -hmm. want the voice is one part of it. Are there companies? I mean, there's got to be, there's somebody developing these custom sounds. Oh, Who totally. There are a bunch of them and I've had, I've had many of them on my podcast. <laughs> yeah, there are many of them and there are more of them cropping up all the time. Uh, cesium song is one of the biggest that, that does this and they're, uh, I, they started in Europe, but now they have an office in Cleveland. I mean, like <laughs> it's everywhere now. <laughs> and in fact, this is funny. I interviewed the two guys in Cleveland before they were, they were asked to be a part of cesium song. And then I interviewed the VP in the U S of cesium song right when they joined. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah. So it's it's actually becoming a pretty big thing. And, uh, you know, Can talks about it all the time. If you go to the, the Can Awards and that gathering, they start talking about it there, too. Sirius XM talks about this all the time. Uh, yeah. Steve Keller is their um, their brand, uh, their audio brand enthusiast over there. He calls himself uh, a, a, an audio alchemist. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Isn't but that it's interesting? Something, it's something that's been around. Yeah. It's kind of, again, I also parallel it to voiceover to that, that the, all the audio things you don't, you know, when you're watching a movie, 
the score. You don't realize until you take that away that there's no more impact, that there's no more suspense, the fear, the 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 lightheartedness, you know, what that audio does. So I imagine this has been around for a while, but we're just calling it something now. Or you know what I mean? Like maybe bringing it more to light or give shining a light on it more. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. I think I think it's been around for a while, but we're only just putting a name on it. But you know, all of the think of the James Bond movies. Like all of those movies have a brand. There is a an audio brand to all of those movies and everything that they do in relation to them. Whether the person who's writing the intro song, whatever famous artist of the day is doing that, whatever they're writing, it has the sound of 007. Like it just, whatever they've made, it sounds like it should be in a James Bond movie, right? So that's really what we're talking about here. We're talking about writing or creating or, you know, cultivating sounds and and creating them, sometimes even out of the product itself. I know that Tostitos did this just recently with their own cans and the crackling of the, you know, the the actual item and like the bag and like all sorts of stuff. And they made like music out of it and then put it into all sorts of stuff that they're doing. So there's there's so many ways to do this. And I'm, I'm not necessarily thinking of this as we have an audio brand. I'm thinking of this as we lend our voices to an audio brand. And each one of us has a brand that we would be associated with because of the natural tones of our voices or the way that we speak or the age of our voice, not our age, but the age of our voice. <laughs> and, and, you know, all sorts of other things that are that are part of that. And then we fit a brand that might use our voice in part. So there, you know, and, and of course we can change our voices. Like each one of us can put a different inflection on or speak more in the back of our throat or less or airier or whatever we do. um, And that can lend itself better to a different brand, you know? So it just depends on where it's being used and 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 i i feel more that we're contributing rather than creating our own if that makes sense (laughs) yeah and i think we go into a session sometimes and someone has hired us on an audition and when you get in there and they actually hear your voice compared to what's on tape sometimes that just completely morphs into something completely different Mm -hmm. by the end of that session because they're trying to get the sound to coordinate with the video rather than make the video fit your voice. Yeah, that's another problem that people will run into when they don't think about the audio beforehand. If you're planning it all together, then you know what you're looking for. And it's easier to put it all together. It works as a whole as opposed to tacking on something at the end. So, I mean, again, that's why I started the whole podcast. I want to get people talking about this. And it is becoming more and more popular. So, you know, thankfully, people are starting to think about this a little more. Yeah. And when you were talking about the the sounds from the Tostitos, remember the Pringle can. Yep. The sound of the Pringle can opening. Yeah. The Snapple. Yeah. The Snapple pop top, right? Yeah. Yeah. They even figured out how to do that on glass bottles or or plastic bottles, I think, because they were originally all glass bottles, right? And now they're right. doing it on plastic. So they, they're they're figuring out how to make the same sound using a plastic bottle instead of a, a, a glass bottle. So, yeah, they it's, can keep their snap. 
So they could keep their snap. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, uh, talking of snap, snap, crackle, crackle, pop, like that's like, that's the most boring cereal ever (laughs) (laughs) that was made popular because of its audio brand, (laughs) right? Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't thought about how boring that is, but you put three cute little it's LP a, guys in there and it's, wow. It's a pop of rice. I mean, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> it just makes a sound. <laughs> because is anything more boring than a piece of rice? <laughs> well, by itself, no. I mean, like, how do you sell a cereal like that? Apparently with an audio brand. <laughs> right. Before it was a, a thing. Yeah. Um, so talking about the, the power of sound, um, your voice has to cut through the noise and Mm -hmm. make a connection with your listener. Um, How do we use that to our advantage as a voice actor? Uh, You know, the only thing that I could tell you is to get better at your craft because what's going to cut through isn't just the sound of your voice. It's going to, you know, what's going to cut through is you understanding the copy and knowing how to convey that in a way that's compelling. And that is realism, really. I mean, that that's what you're going to do to cut through. It's not going to be the sound of your voice. Um, would you say that um, being musical, having a musical background is helpful to a voice actor? Oh, definitely. I think it helps. Yeah. Knowing the notes and beats and knowing how to vary them without sounding sing-songy, <laughs> you know, that's knowing the the um, the nuances, I guess you could call it, of the musicality of a script is a really good way to approach it. It's not the only way. And I had to learn acting. I mean, <laughs> because I came at this from music. That was like, I'm a singer. So I came at this from music to begin with. And you put on a persona when you're performing in a musical or like it's on stage somewhere. And that is acting sort of, but it's not really the acting I needed to know to do what we do. And so really connecting with someone or something on that page and understanding what 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 you're trying to get across, the emotion that you're trying to get across and how to get your voice there is really the most important thing that any of us could learn. And yeah, maybe you get a leg up from having drama, you know, theater experience, or you get a leg up from music or you get a leg up from radio, you know, knowing how to improv. Oh my God. <laughs> Like that's, you know, that's not something I ever had. So there's all sorts of individual advantages that each of us bring to the table, but it all needs to coalesce into the acting aspect of what we do. And that's different for different genres. I mostly work in advertising, marketing, and branding. So I don't really do any animation or video games or audiobooks. And the acting that's required for those is very different from what I'm doing, but at least it bears a resemblance. <laughs> right. And because your background is, um, you know, you've done the SEO and you've done the marketing, you bring a lot of that business knowledge into your, your voiceover career. Um, and we talk about this in, in a few other podcasts, but, knowing the business end of things is just as important. Oh, totally. Um, and your, your podcast is, is part of that. So 
let's talk about the, we'll start with the difference between your business versus your craft. Okay. Um, Um, (laughs) That's a big question. (laughs) It is. It is a big question, but it's a, it's the perfect transition because we've been Mm -hmm. talking about the craft. So the, the craft is the way you deliver everything. And then, you know, your, your business is your, your marketing and your invoicing and your, your, your bookkeeping. And I know one of the things that you've talked about was self-employment strategies. Like you've said that outsourcing has saved your life. (laughs) What kinds of things are you outsourcing? Well, right now, for instance, Umberto Franco, who a lot of you may know, is actually producing and audio editing my podcast. And he also does the video of that now, too. So I outsource to him to do that. Definitely. I have someone who writes my show notes. I have someone who does my social media. And I mean, I'm paying attention to it all and I'm answering and all of that. But someone else is doing that for me and coming up with the ideas so that I don't have to. (laughs) Although I forward things to her when I find interesting articles and stuff like that. So so we sort of we work together, but it's a lot easier when I have help doing that as opposed to doing it all myself, because that's a full time job. Yeah, I was and gonna I, say, so you're not working 18 hours a day? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty insane. All of us kind of need to have a media empire in a way, really. And I mean, all three of you know this. <laughs> I'm not saying anything you don't already know. So it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Alicia. Yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's it's a lot of work. And having help to do the things that I don't particularly love to do just makes my life much more pleasant. I like to work on the things that I like to work on. And at this point in my life, I am not interested in filling every second of my life with work. You know, I, uh, and it's not even what I would call balance. It's just, I'm an introvert, really, when it comes right down to it, and I need to replenish my energy. And if I don't, I'm no good to anybody. (laughs) So, So this is really, really important to feed my introversion and make that healthy. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, outsourcing really has saved my life because if I stress out, I get sick. I don't feel well. I don't I don't do well. And I need help with that. I think all of us do. And some of us may. Yeah, some of us may get the uh, the bulk of our energy from being with other people extroverts definitely that's how they get their energies yeah and that's fantastic that is wonderful but you need to feed your way of doing things and if i'm going to keep the peace with myself (laughs) i need to outsource in order to not beat my head against a wall trying to figure out something that i'm only going to be half-assed at And you pass that on to someone who can do it in like an hour when I would take four. Gotcha. That just makes total sense to me. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's kind of how we balance all of the things here is that we each have yeah. our strong suits and we try to focus on those things and then bring it all together here and make this as good as it can be. Now, you have some co-hosts, though, in your clubhouse. Yes, I do. Yeah. In, in one of them. <laughs> So yeah, 
Uh, Cheryl Holling and Ann Ganguza join me on Thursday. So right after this, I'll be going into the clubhouse. We talk about voices in podcasting. So we talk about voiceovers and podcasting and where they meet in the middle. And we have regulars who join us every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern. And uh, yeah, I also have rooms in the Power of Sound house, which is Wednesday at 2 p.m. And yesterday, for instance, we had George Widom and his audio tech crew in there answering questions. And he was actually at Podcast Movement at the time. So he was telling us about all the really interesting tech and stuff that he'd seen there and what was going on. And, you know, everyone talking about the, you know, the problems they've seen and how to fix them and people asking questions. And you know how Clubhouse works. (laughs) So Cheryl, so Cheryl and Anne also have podcasts. So yes, do they guys, do. Yeah, and and successful ones as well. And so, do you guys? This is kind of what I'm like. Even George being at the podcast thing, like, are you guys teaching each other? Are you learning from each other as you go along? I think we all learn from each other. Yeah, there's there's a ton. Like, I'm always learning more. I'm never done. <laughs> Who's ever done? <laughs> so so do you find that the the podcast itself, not necessarily the clubhouse. Let's talk about the podcast itself. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that is a good medium to get this information out? Do you feel like this is, I I think podcasting is really amped up and I'm just curious if you're seeing, you know, I don't know. Cause you said you, you had told me before, this is a passion project for you. This isn't like I'm out trying to, you know, I'm not making money from this. I'm spending a lot of money. (laughs) That's what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that I just think that's amazing uh, (laughs) that that's your approach. But are you are you getting really good feedback that people are finding that getting the education from the podcast part? Yeah, I think so. I think that what I'm hoping to achieve is to get people thinking about sound. Because, uh, you know, I could probably count on one hand the amount of podcasts I know that actually focus on that. And all the ones I know of are really good. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but but I think that focusing on the sound of advertising is, um, again, a little bit more of a niche and a little bit more of where we all fit in if we're doing commercials and corporate narration and that kind of stuff. So. For me, it made more sense to go in that direction. Now, I mean, I also talk with musicians. I talk with public speakers. I talk with uh, people about uh, sound and healthcare. I've talked about all sorts of really interesting topics that have to do with sound and might not necessarily have to do with advertising. But all of this is really just to let people know that sound is important and it makes a psychological impression on us and advertising is nothing if not psychological. (laughs) So if that's what you want to achieve with your advertising and make sure that it's memorable, well, you better make sure that you have your sound dialed in. So, you know, that's, that's the whole point of the podcast. So I find that at the very least it makes people think, and that's really what I'm hoping to do. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember listening to the, the two part, um, on machines in hospitals mm-hmm. and yep. making sure that the, the tones and the sounds that are coming out of the machines aren't alarming or too abrupt or intrusive. If it has to have a constant beep, that made me think of when they started putting the, the new scanners in at like the grocery store and yeah. 
when the transaction was over, it makes this horrible eh, 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 sound and it. You feel like you've done something wrong mm-hmm. and your transaction hasn't gone through. Like, I just need a nice little ding to know I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'd think, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah. yeah. It's it's really interesting in healthcare how they've arrived at these really harsh sounds. And that was okay when many years ago there were only a few machines in a hospital, but now there are so many. I think um, the interview you're talking about is a fellow from McMaster University named Michael Schutz. Yes. And he did some research on this and he's, uh, he's actually, um, a musician and he was playing the marimba. And, uh, so he noticed that the sounds in the hospitals had no decay. There was no like, they just cut off, right? So all of them were so harsh because like it's a computer sound, right? It's just like beep, like that's it. You don't get any of the delay after right. the, the fade out, right? Which makes it a little less harsh. And so he was talking in TED Talks about how the beeps in hospitals are killing us. And they really are. They're not lessening the stress, that's for sure. And his uh, mother-in-law is a nurse, and she called it a beeping hellscape. (laughs) She's not wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I imagine if you're sitting out at the desk and you're hearing that coming from all the different rooms. Yeah, and they don't need to be. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, an alarm needs to be an alarm, but a lot of the things you're hearing in a hospital, they're really only indications. They're not, they're notifications. They're not alarms. And so if they're notifications, they don't need to be alarming. That puts our, our fear or flight mechanisms in high gear, like all the time when you're walking in a hospital. So yeah, it's just, it needs to change. And I think it is changing. They're working on it. But it's going to take a while. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so you convince everybody that they need it, right? (laughs) Well, I'm not the only one convincing them. There's a lot of people already doing research on this, which is why I was talking to Michael. (laughs) But but yeah, they're they're working on it. And a lot of nurses and, and, you know, medical practitioners of all sorts are are getting behind that. So hopefully. (laughs) So how do you choose your topics for your podcast? Is it just, you know, you find an interesting article and decide you want to talk to that person or? Occasionally, that that is occasionally how it goes. Yeah, sometimes uh, I'm reached out to uh, by a guest, a potential guest, and their area of expertise is something that's really interesting in the area of sound. And I want to talk about it. Uh, the fellow I was just talking with a couple of days ago, a fellow named Andrea Cera from Italy, he makes non-intrusive sounds, speaking of the beeping hellscape of hospitals. And and he has put together, because he's done some research on this, he has actually put together some sounds that you can put on your uh, computer, on your phone, that are unobtrusive notifications that just sort of go very slowly, maybe ramp up a little and then cool down again. And they're not so insistent that you need to go look at them in that moment. You know, you need to go look at your phone now, right? Like every notification you get on your phone or your computer goes like, you need to look at this now, <laughs> right? And yeah. and we don't need that. We don't need that. <laughs> so, so he's come up with some of these really interesting sounds and he works on the uh, Renault cars, actually. So he's the one who's partially responsible for the sounds in the car and outside the car because they have an electric car as well. So it's really, I'm talking with some really super interesting people and I have 
pre-chats with a lot of these people before we actually do the interview. Mm -hmm. And when we're doing that, we discuss the topics that we might cover. And they're always interesting as long as they have to do with sound. I'm all for <laughs> just about anything, really. <laughs> so, yeah. So I just go where it takes me. It's taken me some pretty interesting places. <laughs> so um, while your focus on audio branding is, you know, for, for companies and clients and in industrial settings, what do you think are some of the things that um, I think we can, we can do some analysis on our own sound to mm -hmm. sort of find where we fit within the industry? Like I said, we automatically, because of the sound of our voice, the people we are, our sensibilities, our experiences, we fit a brand in a particular way. Um, and you can definitely play to those strengths of yours and, and lean into your sound. And, you know, your sound may not be right for every brand out there, which is perfectly fine. That's, that's the diversity we're looking for, right? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, there's, there's all sorts of ways to do that. I don't, I think what happens is that the market tells you where you fit. And that's something that you develop into. I mean, you know, you've been in this since 2007. I have two. The, the, the market has told me where I fit, which tends to be in healthcare where they need hope and warmth and maybe a little bit of authority. And it, you know, financial or tech, because I know a little bit about tech, you know, when you're comfortable with the lingo, that kind of stuff can lead to what you do as well. And, you know, you may not want my voice for um, something that you want a bit more raw, you know, because I have kind of a smooth sound and it's a little hard to, you know, dirty that up. So, right. so you're not <laughs> so, doing Nike spots. No, I'm probably not <laughs> going to be doing a Nike spot. No, it's probably not in my wheelhouse. I mean, I could try, but someone who is more in that vein would be way more likely to be hired than I would be. And I accept that. I'm fine with that. <laughs> there are other places I fit better. And I think we're all like that. It would be interesting to develop um, a way to, to do some analysis on a person's voice and presentation to help them niche down into where they fit. And I'm like, this yeah. is not a question. It's just a thought. It's <laughs> worth as I think talking, it totally. Be... Yeah, I think it totally could be. But I think you need to know more about the person than just the sound of their voice. Mm -hmm. Because it is a lot more than that. So you'd need to know their background, you'd need to know um, whether they're an introvert or an extrovert probably would help. You'd need to know what their, you know, what their likes are, you know, are they a, a geek? Are they into sports? Are they, you know, like, there's all sorts of different things that you could ask probably that would allow you to get there, but it's a lot deeper than just the sound of the voice. For sure. Yeah. That, that would be interesting to look into. Mm -hmm. um, now, have you found that people have listened to your podcast and come and booked you for stuff? Occasionally. Yeah. It has happened a couple of times and, and it's been interesting when it does. Uh, and in fact, I was asked to be a juror on the international sound awards because of my podcast because I interviewed uh, Cornelius Ringer, who is the fellow in Germany who um, started that all up in 2009, I think. 
And uh, yeah, so that was a really interesting experience. And then meeting some of the people on the jury allowed me to interview them for the podcast. So it kind of was cyclical, (laughs) which was great. And, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just nice to have it's it's nice to be in that realm just to understand what they're doing and and know where things are going and and hear about the latest updates on developments and and you know know what we as voice talent might be asked to do so that's really i find it fascinating the whole area of it and there's a lot i've talked about with ai as well so you know there's there's always things to learn <laughs> For sure. So you're really more of an an educational platform. You're not specifically teaching about sound in marketing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm Um, the, I'm the person who's learning along with everyone else. I'm asking the, the experts to tell me (laughs) what's going on. And then I'm, I'm acting as my audience. (laughs) So, um, yeah, the conduit. Yeah. Yeah. We have um, a few questions that have popped up mm-hmm. throughout the first 40 minutes. So I'd like to address those. I know you've got to pop out a little bit early so you can get ready for your own thing. <laughs> sure. um, this is, we've asked this before, but do you feel that jingles are important and are they making a comeback? Please say yes. Question. You know, (laughs) I love jingles, and I think that they are really important because they they trigger memory. And failed advertising is advertising you don't remember, right? Like that's actually it's Bev Standing who told me that one (laughs) because I think her father her father worked in in the industry, and and so that is the the classic way to remember uh, like we all know jingles from like 30 years ago i could still sing many of them <laughs> so i think that yes they are but they're coming back in a different way they don't sound the same way that they did 30 years ago you know they're they're sung by professional singers who might be having an album out there like they're you know they're they're very different than the you know cheesy stuff that we used to listen to 30 years ago so yes i think they are but they're not sounding the same as they were and so i think it's it's kind of a different game these days yeah sitcom intros yeah you're right oh for definitely sure. yeah yeah yeah, and I they're great. Andy and I have been watching a, I don't know if it's on, it's on a streaming network, pick one, but it's literally like the history of sitcoms. Yeah. And it is covering, I'm talking everything, but it's so funny that as soon as uh, Full House, uh, I mean, just um, just pick any of them and all of a sudden you're able to I'm- record. I'm dating myself, but Cheers is definitely Cheers, my favorite. I love Great, that one. Yeah. Frasier. Yeah. Happy days. Happy days. Great okay. American Hero. Do you remember that yeah, one? We could spend the whole podcast yeah. coming up with all the. But anyway, we could. Yeah. So I'll digress. <laughs> but it's but but what I just love so much is you're ju- again just reiterating you're shining a light on something really important, and I. It's just not something that always for, I would say, average person that it's it's top of mind, but certainly marketing industry, you know, these advertising agencies, they're thinking about, 
there's somebody who's like, I'm the sound person. Like I'm the person yeah. that's going to remind, we got to figure out the pop on the Snapple, all the different things. Yep. And what I love is now I'm going to become hyper aware, right? Every time you hear the commercial, you watch the thing, you're going to be like, oh, and then all of a sudden you'll start seeing these. So do I need to become a sound Audi, I don't know. Do I need to add this to my list that I need to start <laughs> making noises? <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. That sounded weird. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I guess it depends on what the what the, the situation warrants. <laughs> but yeah. But, you know, the way that I like to think about this is that, you know, we're all trying to figure out our relevance in this area of AI is coming to take our jobs, kind of, you know, like <laughs> that's the the thing that I don't want to worry about. I'm going to be doing my thing in my lane and and that's it's either going to be around or it's not going to be around or whatever. But I know that my relevance is with allowing that company to use what I bring to the table to make their audio brand more memorable and more appealing to the people who are hearing it and to make their campaign better because that's that's what we're here to do. Right. And so I, I would you to elaborate on campaign because maybe some yeah. people in our audience don't know because that's that can be a big deal. Can you? Speak oh, it can to totally. That? Yeah. Well, a, a campaign can be like, you know, two 60 second spots, five 30 second spots, 10, 15 second spots, a bunch of six second spots, you know, a tagline here or there hell, it could even be a bunch of phone numbers, <laughs> really, when it comes right down to it. So there's a whole like, a campaign is huge. I mean, it can it can be huge. It can be small. There There's no real particular number that a campaign is. But generally, a campaign is more than, say, three different types of versions of a commercial. And, and so those can be quite lucrative. And I'm going to tell people out there also that you don't necessarily have to be doing that on the national level to make some good money. Like regional and local will do a lot of that as well. If you get your voice tied in with a particular product that's local or uh, and you get paid a certain amount every time they do a spot and, you know, you're working for this particular company from this agency and they call you every week you're making some good coin there. That's, that's a, that is a career, you know? So it's not all about going after the once or twice a year national campaigns. It's also about building up a career that's filled with all sorts of local, regional, you know, all sorts of things that you can do that make up the bulk of your, your career. So, sure. I mean, think yeah. about, you know, you've got a local grocery chain mm -hmm. and, they're going to do a radio ad with their specials every week. Yeah. You can be the voice of that. I mean, Walgreens does it. Mm -hmm. So you've, you've got the mom and pop shop doing the, the continuous, but then you've, you've got car dealers doing the changing things once a month. And yeah, yeah I mean, those there are, are there are all places. sorts of places. Yeah. Like, like furniture stores, they have sales every other week. Like it's, <laughs> you know, there's all sorts of things like that out there. Yep. You just got to go find them. Mm -hmm. And Jay. I put it in the chat. Oh, sorry. That popped oh. In, no, it's okay. I didn't want to interrupt. I, one of the things okay. that popped into my head is we're discussing this and we're talking about sounds and sound effects and mm -hmm. different things that you can include that a brand might include beyond just your voice. But can you speak to, if you know, 
like the dangers, the importance of licensing. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about AI. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm no, talking, no. you're like, yeah, I'm trying to create the Jen Greenfield sound. And it includes, you know, a pop, a squeal and a fizz. But that I <laughs> don't, I'm whatever. That's yeah, all yeah. To mind. But that you wouldn't just go like Google pop and then just take it. And the fizz and, you know, like how does, if you can speak to it, what does that look like? I think you actually could probably do that, but you'd want to get it from a license-free music directory. Right. So so things like Epidemic Sound, I know, for instance, which is tied in with YouTube, they have a whole bunch of sound effects that you could use for whatever you wanted. Um, like, for instance, I got some music from there for my clubhouse because I have a sub- monthly subscription and I'm allowed to use that music for as long as I have a monthly subscription. And I got custom music made for the intro and outro of my podcast and for the little change scene kind of things in the middle of the podcast. So I actually did commission someone to make that music. And I think part of the part of the thing that companies would need to worry about is that they don't want to license a piece of music that anyone has access to because their client, their competitors can use the same sound or music. So because there's nothing stopping anyone from using that piece of music or sound from that licensing place. Right. <laughs> uh, so that's where an actual comprehensive a- audio brand comes in, because then people actually commission a company, work with them to make them a specific sound or music piece or whatever that fits with what they are and who they are. And then no one else owns that but them. Do you think I could commission John Williams to do like a little something? For, I mean, that man's a genius. He is. He is. I mean, yeah. just like a 10 second thing. Yeah, probably, maybe. I don't know. I'll ask. I don't know. You could always ask. Yeah. Hey, on Zimmer, like if they're not too busy. <laughs> Because we need a new intro for the podcast, right? (laughs) You know, there are a ton of really talented musicians out there. And a lot of them, I'm sure, would be very happy to work with you on that. I can definitely point you in the direction of of the person who I was working with, if you want that information. But away. Yeah, there is. There's a lot. There's a lot out there. And uh, I think musicians in this age of Spotify are looking for ways to make a living as well, you know, so anything you can do to help them out, <laughs> I think that's a good thing. <laughs> Before we let you go, mm-hmm. it's kind of a big question, but what are kind of the the bullet points that people need to know if they decide to start a podcast? Ah, well, I think just about everyone who would be listening to you guys is already set on the audio stuff. Like they they probably have the microphone and the audio interface and they know their computer program, etc. Mostly. That's that's the easy part. <laughs> so when you want to start a podcast, and you guys know this as well, because you're now putting these out as podcasts, you need a podcast host. So you need to figure out where you're going to host that podcast because you want an RSS feed. Because that feed then goes, that's what forwards your podcast all over everywhere to Spotify, to uh, Apple Podcasts, to Google, to et cetera, right? Um, you need to probably think about podcast art. You need an eye-catching piece of square art that's going to illustrate what your podcast is about and put your title there and possibly your name there. 
And you probably want to hire someone to do that because unless you are a graphic designer, probably not best to do it yourself. Uh, and, and there are a lot of people who can get away with that. I'm not saying it's not possible, but if you have the opportunity and you really want to make sure that that podcast art has longevity, I would say hire out to a graphic designer. And there are all sorts of um, Facebook groups, actually, that will help you like launch in 30 days or stuff like that. There's, I know that uh, Podcast Movement had a Facebook group that was specifically for that. I think it was launch in 28 days or something like that. That's how I started mine, went way back in 2019. So there are ways if you search out, you know, you'll find a whole bunch of information. There are podcasts about podcasts. <laughs> so, yeah, there's there's lots of information out there. And, and you know, those of you who started early on in voiceovers, you know that now if you search for voiceovers, there's a ton of information that you can get. Whereas when when we started, there was virtually nothing. <laughs> So, yeah, it's just it's it's a big industry. It doesn't necessarily make you money. Uh, so if you're hoping to make money from the gig, I will say you need to be following very specific protocol to do that. And I am not the one to tell you because I'm not making a cent. Nope, <laughs> so, <not either. laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it really depends on what your what your um, goals are with your podcast. But the other thing that I would say is if you want guests or if you want to be a guest on podcasts, look into podcast guesting directories. And the biggest one that I'm on right now is called Podmatch. So uh, that is one of, there are a few of them, but I find that's probably the best one that I've been on anyway. And yeah, there are all sorts of ways to approach this. So I would say, try it out, do a couple of episodes, see what you, what you can accomplish and, and go from there because you're going to learn as you do. Yep. Um, but the one other thing that I would mention is uh, make yourself a trailer uh, because that is going to be number one in Apple podcast anyway. And that's probably your biggest promotion tool right there. And have about three or four episodes in the can before you start, because then you've got the momentum going and, you know, know what your interval is going to be. So is it going to be every week? Is it going to be every two weeks? Is it going to be every month? And then be consistent. As long as you're consistent, then you will build some kind of an audience. I mean, you know, it, it, it will come. You just have to promote it, obviously. But but yeah, consistency is going to be key in a lot of things. It's con consistency is key in audio branding too. So <laughs> if you don't yeah. use it, you lose it. <laughs> All right. We know you need to go. So before you do, we'd like to ask our guests three for fun questions, a little James Lipton style, just to <laughs> get to know you better. Um, sure. Our first question is what singer, band or composer are you most enjoying right now? Oh, right now. Ooh. Um, that is a really good question, but I probably always have Queen somewhere in the background at some point in a day. <laughs> and so I don't know if I, that's certainly not recent, <laughs> but, uh, but I love it all the same and it, it hypes me up. So <laughs> it makes me feel good. <laughs> and 
while we have a lot of people who say, I don't, what podcast have you been enjoying lately? Hmm. Um, you know, uh, I, I have not listened to anything on a regular basis. Um, I do listen to VO boss fairly, fairly regularly. Um, I have listened to 19 stories, which again, uh, Cheryl does a fantastic job with that. And she does it all herself, which, oh my God, like I bow down to her because wow, (laughs) (laughs) like, like it's incredible. Uh, And, you know, I, I listen to some of the things that come at me when I'm on Facebook as well, like um, the uh, Everyday VO podcast when it comes around, or J. Michael's podcast when it comes mm-hmm. around, you know, like these things when I when I see them. Um, what's the one that Jamie and Karen are doing? Uh, the breakfast VO thing. <laughs> That's I find that very entertaining when I yeah. listen to it, and they do a great job with it. You know, of course, Jamie is like, like, ah, oh, like he knows, like everything about that he's i don't know how many podcasts he's done now but (laughs) it's incredible uh yeah and it's just it's uh you know i really like the genre but i don't tend to stick with one for very long (laughs) i tend to jump all over the place (laughs) all right and lastly what is your favorite dessert oh my favorite dessert you know i like anything caramel so anything that has like caramel in it i'm good (laughs) even more than chocolate okay yeah so like salted caramel anything yeah (laughs) (laughs) well wonderful well jody this has been incredible we have made it an hour and we appreciate you joining us and sharing this was really and really enlightening for me i know a little (laughs) you know i know a decent amount about you but this was just even more. So if you need to bug out, you can. I'm just going to tie up with our um, outro here. So thanks to everyone who joined us today. Uh, If you are listening to our podcast, feel free to join us live on Zoom every Thursday, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Also, connect with each of us on LinkedIn and join the VO Booth Besties Facebook group. If you missed a live episode, you can always catch the recording later on our website, boothbesties.com, or YouTube podcast, or anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Please, 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 please. Uh, we would love if you would hop on the platform and leave us a review. Those reviews help us reach more listeners who are looking for great voiceover content. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Once again, make sure you're signed up for the VO Booth Booth Besties newsletter so you know what's coming up in the week ahead. And bonus, you'll find discounts from our affiliate partners as well. Over to you, JT. Every Monday, we're offering an accountability group at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. This is being hosted by the amazing Nevin Stoltz, and it's a place where you can set goals and work through them together for an hour. Next Thursday, we'll be joined by voiceover coach and demo producer Mark Cashman for his unique take on the industry. Thank you all for being here and have a great rest of your day. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of VO Booth Besties. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Well, pretty much anywhere they're playing podcasts. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook so we can keep the conversation going. VO Booth Besties. Yeah, it's a thing. thing.